Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus told a parable. He who has ears, let him hear. But even the disciples don't get it. So Jesus gives to them the meaning of the parable. The technical term for this is a freebie. It should make things pretty easy today. The parable contains the secrets to the kingdom of God, which is important. So when we dwell on it, of course, we take from it a self-assessment tool. Like the last 12 months weren't bad enough, so we need to go and resurrect BuzzFeed. What kind of soil are you? Well, I mean, I guess not you, because you're here. Obviously, yeah, you know. Never mind that Jesus himself couldn't avoid the devil. Somehow all of you did it. You can't be the path. Never mind that our worries about money and family and politics make up more of our prayers to the Lord than any of the other petitions combined. I'm sure you're not the thorns. Never mind that you're not entirely sure which petition I'm talking about or exactly what that word means, and you probably couldn't list the Ten Commandments in order if your life depended on it. I'm sure you're not the rocks. You're here, after all. Totally good soil. Here's what's wrong with everyone else. Seeing, we do not perceive. Hearing, we do not understand. What the Lord actually gives us this day is a list of all of the reasons the wheels should have fallen off this bus a long time ago. This is a list of every single reason that the church should not work on paper. Look at the devil. Look how many have fallen away in 12 months. Look at our cares and concerns. Look at our catechesis. Jesus explains all of the reasons the church should not still be standing, all of the things that every last Christian wrestles with, the enemies, the assault, every single Christian this side of glory, the devil, the world, our own sinful flesh. It's real out there, folks. It's dark in here. But here we are. It defies the condemnation of the law. It defies our reason and strength, or lack thereof. It's good, because as it turns out, the church does not stand on us, but on Christ and his work. So when we take the parable to be nothing more than an assessment tool, we mess up because we stop looking at Jesus and we start looking at ourselves. Or even worse, we start looking at each other. And stop. It's not helpful. Stop looking at yourself in this text. Start looking for Jesus. The whole thing will make more sense because after all, the Bible is not about you. The Bible is about Jesus for you. And if all you can walk away from this is uh, with an assessment tool, well, an assessment tool is of the law. That's what the law does. It assesses. How you doing? Thou shalt not. The law shows us our sin. You should do these things. 
It's good to strive for them. The law will guide us in this path, but as far as assessment tools go, well, by works of the law, no one shall be righteous. And so if your takeaway from this whole thing is what you need to do or be, then seeing you do not see and hearing you do not understand because the parable contains the secrets to the kingdom of God. And nobody ever got in the kingdom of God by works of the law. Not y'all. This cannot be about the law if it is about the secrets to the kingdom of God. It must be about the gospel. It must be about Jesus. It must be about the sower who sows recklessly to those where no growth should ever happen. It must be about the seed that never had a fault in it. Go back through the parable. Every time something goes awry, nothing was ever wrong with the seed. It always grew. This is not just a warning to behave better and care way less about this world. This is a promise for sinners who don't. This is a promise for me and a promise for you. God will not forsake you to the devil. He will not forsake you to your sins. He will not abandon you to your earthly cares. Rather, he visits you to preach peace and mercy, forgiveness and life. Because he cannot throw seed there unless he goes there first himself. The seed is the word, but not just like the Bible verse. So if we sprinkle enough here and there, everything will be fine. The word is the word made flesh from John chapter 1. This is Jesus. The seed is the seed promised to Eve, born of a woman that would crush the head of the enemy forever. That is the seed that goes out into the awful places. That is the seed that goes out to the land that is tormented by the devil, to those plagued by cares and concerns of this world, to those who just frankly haven't studied the way they should. That is the word that goes out for you. Jesus subjects himself to every last thing that the text warns us against, to the devil, to the trial, to the temptation. He doesn't just search out the good and stay there. He seeks out everyone, all of the world, you, he casts himself into the ground to be buried under every last thing that would consume us. He bears it all for us so that we might be something more than what to blame when there aren't more believers. Upon the cross, something happens. Your sins are forgiven you, for Jesus bore them there for you. Your sins are forgiven you, all of them. Your life is one. You are baptized, and here the Holy Spirit makes you something different than all the reasons this shouldn't work. He calls you good. In your baptism, you are holy. In your baptism, you are righteous. In your baptism, you wear Jesus, who is good. For he pours out his own blood into the ground to make it something different, something new, something good. This is about the secrets to the kingdom of God. And so, of course, it's about the cross, the resurrection, the gifts of word and sacrament. You are baptized. This is the secret to the kingdom of God. Here God washes away what was, every last sin you have ever committed, everything done to you to make you less, every focus on the lusts of this world instead of on the God who gives, every last time you have neglected the word, and every time the enemy was just a little bit stronger than you. 
you are still what God makes you, baptized, holy, alive, good. He cultivates and washes clean and makes new. He calls good daily, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but because of his love for you. Not because of what distinguishes you from someone else, but because of what he has already done for you to save you from the devil and the world and your own sinful flesh. And what is miraculous is that it works. The Christian church is still here because God calls it good and works down here. The miracle of Christianity is a God who knows exactly what you are, and he comes down in love for you anyway because of this, to save you from this, to make you something else, to make you good. He did it then and hasn't stopped since. We call it the church. It is the fruit from the seed, the life that comes from Jesus, who descends to save only sinners. In the name of Jesus, amen.